We're listening to KNKR LP 96.1 FM Kohala.
Kuala. And welcome again. It's Thursday evening. It's 7.04, June 3rd. And welcome to our Kokaku Ka Show with Kalani. And tonight I'm with a good friend, uh, Kavika. Hey, Kavika, how you doing? Ah, uh, oh no. Ah, look like you're falling asleep. Ah, uh, just my, hey, upu, ah, anna. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, every time we uh, we sit in the studio and, you know, we got everything all set and, then, you know, we have our theme song, John Kelly. Uh. And uh, we just sit back and, you know, listen to his music and his voice. Oh, it's so mesmerizing. Just oh. want to kick back and relax. and Yeah, but, yeah, John's a fantastic musician. <laughs> uh, he and his wife. But anyway... Uh, here we are, it's Thursday evening, and uh, yeah, I know we were talking about a few things, but this uh, past Monday, was it? Uh-huh, Monday? yeah, when Monday. was Memorial Day? Yeah. Yeah, Memorial Day was Monday, right? Right. Yeah, it was a holiday, and I know at one time it was called Decoration Day, uh-huh. uh, and you know, I, I never really mm, paid too much attention to holidays, Mm-hmm. Uh, except like Kamehameha Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh-huh. that's something uh, I, I, I know about. Yeah. But Memorial Day, they have uh, Veterans Day. You know, they got these different... Th- Labor Day. Labor Day, you know, this kind of yeah. stuff. And, and so anyway, you were talking to me because you had made some comments on Facebook uh. about uh, Memorial Day. Yeah. And so I, I read them. And I thought, oh, that was really interesting. And mm. then it, I saw something, somebody wrote something about Memorial Day. And I know nothing about Memorial Day except the Boy Scouts, the veteran, you know, all foreign wars, uh, Elks yeah. Club, uh, even the Girl Scouts. They, uh, you know, they go out and decorate the, the graves mm-hmm. with flags, especially yeah. up at Punchbowl. Lays. Yeah, and lays, you know. Uh-huh. And they make lays, and, you know, they, that's kind of like their annual service project. You yeah. know, they, and they do a good job at it. But beyond that, uh, I don't know anything about Memorial Day except we're honoring those who, you know, served the country. And Fallen heroes. Yeah, they died in battle. But you, you came up with an interesting story that I never knew anything about that uh, I wonder if uh, many people know about it. Mm. of uh, Memorial Day. And I know there's different uh, stories of when did it start, Yeah, you know, where, and things like that. But you, you brought up something that uh, totally took me by surprise. I mean, now it gives me a, a different uh, understanding of Memorial Day. And I was wondering if you'd like to share that story with the listeners tonight. Well, uh, during the Civil War, <clears throat> it was a, a compound that held prisoners, Union soldiers and um, black Americans. Um, many died being held captive. Where was this at? This was at Charleston. Oh, uh, South Carolina. South Carolina, yeah. That, that's where everything started, right? Yeah, well, I mean, the uh, Civil War, I mean. Hundreds, maybe thousands died of uh, exposure and dysentery and 
all these diseases that go along with being captive, held captive as prisoners of war. They were buried in a mass grave. Uh, uh, where it was located a, a polo field, a racetrack, horse racetrack in uh, South Carolina. Well, after the war, uh, several thousand black Americans uh, dug up the graves and, and placed them with markers and commemorated the uh, event on uh, May 1st, 1865 which is, uh, by our history, the earliest uh, Memorial Day. A, 10, 000, a crowd of 10,000 people, mostly slaves and some white missionaries. Uh, these were uh, people that were emancipated. I mean, they were longer. Yeah, yeah, this was after the Civil War. Yeah, I think I was reading that there was 10,000, uh -huh. a few white missionaries, and they had this parade yeah. around the racetrack or something. Yeah, to commemorate the death these the uh, soldiers. Union soldiers that yeah. had died. Right. Um, you know, most people think of, uh, well, a as a child, I remember, as you spoke, uh, having to come to school with a plumeria lay that was 12 inches long. And oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I forgot all about that. I was in public school, right? Yeah. Yeah, we had to bring these lays. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it wasn't mandatory, but uh, yeah. it was asked that, that the students would partici participate. And so we did. Uh, we had a huge plumeria tree in the front yard. So my tutu and Hiniwe and I would go gather uh, these flowers, uh, beautiful three-color, white, pink, and yellow, and make these lays to bring to school on, on Friday, the Friday before Memorial Day. And I never thought much of it. It was just a project. And like, my, like many people, yourself included, and myself, uh, was just a three-day weekend. Nothing to think about until this article caught my eye. And May 1st, 1865. 1865. In Charleston, South yeah. Carolina. I'm, I'm thinking Memorial Day is like for fallen... World War One and World War II veterans. Yeah, something recent. So, um, yeah, more That's recent. Korean War. Uh, our time, Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this was way or World back. War II or, you know. Uh-huh, yeah. Now, uh, frame of reference because that's our age, right? Right. Uh, my, I would re remember my uncle telling me stories uh, about um, fighting in uh, France and Italy with the 100th Battalion and the 442nd. He was in that? Yeah. The 442nd, 100th Battalion. Yeah, 100th Battalion. Uh, one of the most decorated units in the Army. Yeah, I think he had a couple Purple Hearts and maybe one or two Silver Stars. But um, Hayashi? No, Fukumoto. Fukumoto. Yeah. All Japanese, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, he had brought back, uh, on the way back home, towards coming home, he fought in the Pacific, and he had taken a, Samurai sword from a fallen Japanese officer. And he had me carry it, and I thought, wow, this puppy is not like you see in Japanese movies. Oh, you know, no, they're exactly. swinging them around like they were a piece of bamboo. Yeah. The short sword, I could barely lift it, and the long sword, I couldn't. Yeah, they're heavy. You know, so I had a, 
had a better appreciation of uh, samurai soldiers. But but then he would tell us stories of uh, combat and how one of his uh, his friends went through the the whole campaign without one scratch. Didn't even cut himself shaving. And he ended up in uh, Kanyoi Mental Facility. Yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, because uh, he felt so guilty that why wasn't he hurt or, you know, all his friends were wounded or decorated and died. Mm -hmm. And he escaped flawless. Uh, it affected his mind, and so he went crazy. Wow. Yeah, we. I remember visiting once, but, uh, wow. You know, war does something to a person that cannot be described. And it wasn't until actually being in a, a situation where uh, scared, uh, there, there's no other word for it that I can think of. Terrified is beyond reasoning. I had a friend. Um, we grew up together in Kaneohe. We're neighbors. Uh -huh. And we're all the same age where we got drafted, you know. Yeah. And uh, he went into the Marines. I don't know why, but he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and he was in a Marine First Division. Wow. Yeah. And he was uh, at the siege of uh, Quezon. Uh-huh. And uh, we both got, I was in Army, and we both came back from Vietnam about the same time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he had a lot of his stories. But he moved to Maui. And at times, my phone would ring. Yeah. And I would pick it up and go, hello. And the, there would be a voice on the other end, and it would say, do you still think about it? Mm. And I knew it was him. Yeah. You know, but yeah, uh, yeah he's a good friend. Got married, several kids, uh -huh. doing well. But uh, back in those early days when he came back, uh, yeah, he was a little bit messed up. No, uh, Yeah. But anyway, you know, getting back, uh, I know there has been controversy about, oh, when was uh, the first Memorial Day? Yeah. And I know I was reading that, that, that article that you had, uh -huh. and this guy did this research. I think his name was David Blight. Right. And as he did his research, he came across this handwritten note on a piece of cardboard. Right. Telling yeah. the story. On well, May 1st, 1865, they, uh, the Confederate soldiers had left Charleston. Mm -hmm. And all those uh, who, uh, who were slaves before, who didn't leave, they stayed there. Yeah. They went to that racetrack, those grounds, yeah. dug up all the Union soldiers that were oh, buried on that street, uh, created this cemetery, put a white picket fence around, and uh, had a parade of 10,000 people <sighs> and 3,000 black children, you know, uh -huh. uh, with roses, carrying roses, decorating the graves. Oh, wow, you got a good memory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's part of the, you know, being an announcer or being a show <laughs> host. <laughs> you, you remember okay, these things. Okay. And, uh, you know, uh, he was saying that, oh, yeah, and there's no record of it. Mm -hmm. you know, there's no record of it. And so he, he was giving a lecture on, on the subject, and this woman came up to him after and said, 
oh, it's true then mm. about this parade, uh, you know. Yeah, it took her by surprise. Yeah, and, and she said, oh, it's true then. And she said, my daddy. Granddaddy. Oh, granddaddy uh-huh. would uh, tell me about this parade at the racetrack. Yeah. But nobody believed him. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So that was lost to history. Right. Yeah. And that reminds me, you know, of other things that sometimes uh, we want to make changes. Mm. But we don't know the whole story. Yeah. And if I could, I w- I'd like to share a story with you. Sure. Yeah. We were down Spencer Park. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, with my niece and her husband and the kids and whatnot. Yeah. And we're sitting around. And so I said, oh, I want to take this opportunity to tell you the story of Spencer Park. And so my niece, she went to Kanu. Mm. Yeah, Oga'ina. Yeah. Uh, and she said, oh, yeah, you know, uh, when she she went to Kanu. Mm-hmm. And then from there, she transferred to Kamehameha. And she said, oh, yeah, you know, uh, we were uh, putting together this petition to have the name changed from oh. uh, Samuel Mahuka Spencer. Yeah. And I said, oh, why? Oh, because, you know, he was uh, something like a mayor or something. Oh. You know, like a politician. You know how they yeah. name things. They filter it out. Yeah, you know, it's uh-huh. like. And I said, oh. I said, uh, then you don't know the story. Mm-hmm. And she says, uh, oh, what's the story? <laughs> and I said, well, uh, the story is this, is that. Sam Spencer, Samuel Spencer, mm-hmm. they own Spencer Park. Yeah. That whole property there. Yeah. And uh, he wanted to sell it. Mm-hmm. I could imagine that piece is very valuable even back then. Sure. I mean, it's a beautiful place. Uh, it's in the harbor? Yeah. Oh. I mean, Sand Beach, and you know. And he wanted to sell it. Yeah. Now, this story is being told by my, uh, by the way, I'm a Spencer. Mm. It's being told by my cousin, yeah. who's a Spencer, who knows exactly what took place. And he wanted to sell it. And the mother said, no, you can't sell the property. You got to give it to the people. Yeah. And uh, I guess, you know, they had some words. Uh, yeah, supposedly, uh, huh? Uh, uh. Well, I don't know if it was the whole apua, uh, but I yeah. know that portion for sure. Uh-huh. Um, but I guess he didn't want to do it. Yeah. And his mother said, you got to give it to the people. But anyway, supposedly he stormed out of the house, angry, yeah? Uh-huh. Nuha. <laughs> and, she, you know, if it was me, huh? you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> of we course. Talk, we're, uh. talking, we're talking a lot of money, yeah? Yeah. And uh, even back then. And anyway, the story continues. He comes back, and he tells his mother, you're right. Wow. And give it to the people. Mm. And so that's what they did. They turned over that property, you know, to the county. Yeah. And uh, (coughs) they named uh, Spencer. Yeah. uh, You know, Sam, Samuel Spencer. And then I told her, 
he is your great great grand uncle uh-huh. and that's how you're connected to him yeah so my point to all of them was you know uh at one time they wanted to you know she was part of oh we get a petition let's change the name mm-hmm. you know uh because you know well you know we we name buildings and places yeah after politicians politicians or whatnot. yeah but I told her that's not that's not the that's not the moral level. That's not the yeah. that's not the history. Yeah, you know the history was they actually owned the land and they turned it over to the people so that they could enjoy it. Mm, Polarly. Yeah. So we're down there and yeah. you could see all these. Uh, you know, it's a protected area. It's calm. It's mm-hmm. sand. It's shallow, and you know, all these kids are playing. Um, my grandsons are playing, and you know, all and. Yeah. Uh, just having uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. You know? And, uh, but it reminds me, it's like this Memorial Day story, May 1st, 1865. Correct. Uh, it gives the history, not just Punchbowl, uh, Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. World War II, Vietnam, etc. Yeah. Well, it goes way back. No fooling. And these people, uh, who were appreciative for the sacrifice of these. I think it was about 240 Union soldiers who mm-hmm. died there. And uh, this is what they did in thanking them and in kind of immortalizing them for their uh, sacrifice. Yeah. And so when I look at Memorial Day now, you know, I'll, I'll always think of that, that story uh-huh. of May 1st, 1865, that took place in Charleston, South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's like when you get the story, when you get the full story, you know, then you got to get the full story before you make assumptions. Uh Like, oh, well, we want to change the name because he was a politician. Well, he was, but, you know, he was more than a politician. Uh, That's not the only um, thing. Because of politics, we're going to let it go. To another program, maybe another time. But there's a lot of uh, American history that has been changed to uh, well, for, for, for one reason or another to uh, satisfy or supplement what they think was right. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't. Yeah, too bad. Well, you know, it taught me a lesson uh-huh. not to assume anything. Right. You know, yeah. Sometimes I get feeling like I know everything. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, I I heard a preacher give a sermon in uh, Illinois, Decatur, Illinois. And he said, uh, "You know, all generations, I was included. When our parents or or elderly people were trying to teach us." What is right and what is good? Well, the first thing comes out of my mouth is, I know. Uh, and he said these words that, that stuck with me all these years. And he said, uh, well, if you know, why didn't you do it? Mm. And it was so profound in that, that few words that comprised such a short sentence provoked a, a thought in my mind that 
Wow. That's deep. I don't know, you lost me there. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, uh, because I didn't realize it until I was a parent. And the kids would say, oh, yeah, I know. You know, well, that flash comes to my mind. Well, if you knew, why didn't you do it? And they, they're stuck. They, don't, they have no answer, no reply. So the truth is the truth, whether we believe it or not. And to assume is like uh, the, the uh, you remember the show, The Odd Couple, when we were younger? Yeah. Uh, uh, Tony Randall who was uh, the neat freak. Oh, excuse me. I think I may have a caller here. Okay. Uh, caller, you there? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I dropped it. That's okay. You can just, um, yeah. uh, person. Call you there. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, son of a gun. Are you here? Can you hear me? I can. Yeah, go ahead. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get this caller. Hi, caller. Uh, I, I dropped it here. But anyway, go ahead, continue. Oh, okay. Um, he goes to court, and and uh, during court, he says, uh, you know, when people assume, and he writes assume across a, a sheet of paper, A-S-S-U-M-E, and he draws two lines through it, one after the second S and one after the U. When you assume and not know the truth, you make an ASS out of you and me. And that stuck in my mind too. So simple yet profound. Um, we shouldn't assume. We should know the truth before we speak. Because the truth will set us free. Oh my gosh. That's not like a sermon. <laughs> oh, see, sorry. Uh, okay, erase, rewind. <laughs> You know, we're going to take a quick break here. And uh, I saw a friend of mine at the uh, credit union. And I've always admired his uh, skills with the guitar. And I'm going to listen to him for a little bit. Be right back. Okay, we got it. Okay, hold on. Are you on the line? Yeah, hold on. 
was uh, David Gomes, mm. uh, great guitarist. And uh, I saw him today, uh, the other day and I uh, wanted just to play that. Anyway, our caller, finally I got this thing worked out. Are you there, caller? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. What's oh, that okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry. We're, we're kind of like, uh, I don't know, uh, <laughs> kind of disor- disorganized here. But, uh, yeah, we're talking about uh, Memorial Day. Uh, May 1st, 1865, and how these uh, 10,000 black Americans and the appreciation for uh, being emancipated uh, went to this uh, racetrack where they held Union prisoners. They had about 240 of them uh, who died from disease, etc. And They buried them in a mass grave. So what these black Americans did was they uh, dug them up and buried them in individual plots. They created a cemetery for them. And they had a parade in their honor of 10,000 people. And they had 3,000 uh, children carrying roses that they uh, decorated the graves with. And, you know, they gave me a, a special meaning of uh, uh, Memorial Day more than, you know, I was thinking, oh, yeah, veterans of wars. But, you know, this goes way back. But anyway, we're, I also talked about uh, Spencer Park and how they want to change the name. But then when we understand why they named Spencer Park under after Samuel Spencer, who was like the supervisor or mayor of uh, the Big Island, uh, it wasn't because he was a politician. It was because uh, he actually owned the land and turned it over to the people as a beach park. So anyway, mm-hmm. that's where we're at, caller. And the reason why I asked you to call in because uh, since we're talking about, you know, Memorial Day and you know, these past few days, I, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit more about Tao Moi and uh, Rose Ka'ohu that you uh, spoke about briefly, but we didn't really have a chance to talk about how they're instrumental in saving the lives of, uh, of Jewish people uh, during uh, Nazi Germany. And that took a lot of courage, and you know, for them to do something like that, they they placed their uh, lives in danger. Well, I was wondering if you could just kind of share some of the stories uh, about uh, Rose Ka'ohu and Taumoy. Yeah, they were. Uh, of course, Rose Ka'ohu was from New Lee, uh, oh, the New Ka'ohu Lee. family. Oh, Ka'ohu yeah, family. Oh, the, right, New Lee. The Ka'ohu. Yeah. Um, well, who are their family now? Uh, the Ka'ohu. And then you have the Monroe's and Patsy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Patsy, Monroe. Yeah. Uh, So you have, the families are still in Kohala. But this Rose uh, Moy was married to Tao Moy. And they had this uh, troupe that went all over Europe. They're so popular. You talk about lost history. This is lost history. Because when they came back to Hawaii, people really didn't know them. But they were well-known throughout uh, Europe. They went to France, uh, Germany, all over. And he was uh, uh, American Samoan. Yeah. Uh, and they came to Hawaii. and um, He was a uh, LDS, member of the LDS yeah, Church. Both of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, both of them, right. Oh. Yeah, so they, um, they got married and 
you know, they were with that um, Madame Reverie uh, troop that went all over. Then they went on their own, and they had their son, um, Lonnie. Lonnie, yeah. And, oh, yeah, and, <laughs> Then um, he was a musician. This kid started entertaining with them from when he was five years old. And in fact, he was so good. Uh, you know, remember Maurice Chevalier? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was on his show. Lonnie oh. was um, a, a regular on his show when they were in France. That's how popular they were. And so Amazing. Well known. And so when they went to Germany, um, even Hitler wanted to meet uh, Talmoy. He was so impressed with uh, Talmoy. At that time, Hitler was just starting out, you know. He wasn't, uh, yeah, he wasn't the uh, Nazi... Oh, he wasn't. I mean, he was, uh, but, you know, he didn't really, the true colors didn't come up. The, the other yeah. thing was the, the Talmoy and, and uh, Rose also had a fund that uh, helped German orphans. And yeah, well, I, it, was a, it was actually a German fund. Oh, a and German fund. So they helped them, and it was because Lonnie was so popular, you know, he was a kid, they just got a whole bunch of money, you know, it, it was, um, they are being, they were credited for raising so much money, and it was because Lonnie was a, a kid, yeah, and raising it for this orphanage. Um, even Hitler was so impressed, so when he had the parade, he had Lonnie sit with him in the, um, you know, what do you call it, convertible, whatever. In, in the parade, so he sat next to um, Hitler. That's yep. how popular they were. <laughs> but that was kind of scary. Well, at that time he wasn't that scary, and then as the years went on, he um, or time went on, then it started getting kind of scary. It, the the family, I mean, um, uh, Rose and Tom uh, lived upstairs mm. of this book. Uh, a bookstore, and the Gestapo came and took all the books and burnt it in this big bonfire. They lived upstairs and they were watching this, and then they threw in the owners. They threw them into that fire. Yeah. And so Rose and uh, Tao yeah. are, are are witnessing this taking place. Uh, they're witnessing this, and they're like, "Oh, something is happening." And um, then they begin to see things, but they're still entertaining. They're just so popular. They're entertaining. And then they had a lot of Jewish uh, musicians that worked for them. So they um, heard what was happening, you know, to the Jews and all these other stuff. And so they, um, um, you know, tried to uh, protect them. And so the people, a lot of the Jews, um, trusted them, of course, and the women gave them, you know, uh, jewelry and all these other stuff that they were going. And because they were notified that um, now the, the Gestapo was going to be looking uh, for them, so then they started packing up and uh, leaving. And they were... Um, uh, booked for the show, and so they actually left 
after the show. You yeah, know? my understanding is, yeah, they're invited to perform, and the Gestapo had been tipped off that they were helping uh, Jews to escape, and they were going to arrest them uh, uh-huh. at this performance or at the conclusion of the performance. And it it's kind of like the sound of music, uh-huh. you know, where they're performing and then... Uh, yeah, actually, I think they, the sound of music used that because this Talmoy family was so well-known that their story uh, of what happened, you know, is just amazing. So the sound of music actually, I think, used that story, their story. Because oh. if you read about the sound of music, if you read about that, uh, what is the family Von Trap. Yeah, the Von Trap family. They said that's not how they escaped. They actually said that they were going to um, someplace, and then they, uh, uh, I think it was they were going to America anyway, but, you know, they went to uh, Italy. So it wasn't, you know, like they had this miraculous escape. No, they didn't do that. Hmm. If you read about the Von Trapp family, they didn't yeah. do that. Oh really? So they're using yeah. they're using this um, escape, the Talmoy's escape, for the movie, I guess. Okay. It sounds more ex- so more it's kind of like what I saw read was right after the performance, they escaped through a backstage door, and yeah. you know the Gestapo was going to arrest them uh-huh. for uh, helping Jews. I think the plan was to go to Auschwitz. Or somewhere in in uh, northern Europe first. Uh, I don't know. You know, I'm not. I don't know the truth. It, it's been so filtered and watered down. So I don't know what is the truth. Oh no no no! They were gonna. The Gestapo was, um, um, you know, found out that the Moy family was, mm-hmm. you know, helping the Jews. I I don't think they would take them to or anything, but, yeah. you know, they they were helping the Jews. And she was wearing, like, three um, um, fur coats. So when they got to the port, they said, well, how come she has all these fur coats? And, fur um, coats. Yeah. And so Tao said, oh, we come from a place, you know, in Hawaii where it's really warm, so she's really cold over here. <laughs> <laughs> but she, they had piles of their costumes and all these other stuff and um, coats and all that and they had hidden some of the Jews under there. Wow. Under the some fur coats and costumes. I read yeah, too that costumes. they actually would dress some of the uh, Jewish uh, musicians in their costumes. Yeah. Yeah. As performers. That, you know, they, mm-hmm. Wow. Pass them off as... Uh, they had saved so many people and then they went to um, uh, they're stuck in India because there were no ships there that would go out and all that. To get so, back to the U.S. Yeah. Or Hawaii. Uh, in Hawaii, yeah. So they were stuck in India for several years. And uh, Moe, Tao Moe, taught them um, how to play the, um, what is that? Steel guitar. guitar. Yeah. yeah. The, steel the guitar lap steel guitar. Mm-hmm. So he had, he was teaching the Maharajis and the um, and the prince, 
and uh, uh, the, when they came back to Hawaii, which is, I think, by that time, Tao Moy was in his 80s, wow. and, uh, or late 70s or 80s. Anyway, the, the prince came over. Now he was an adult, you know, uh, and they visited and they performed together. So that was really neat, you know, that, no. the, um, that the boys whom this prince, whom Tao had taught when he was younger, had come and visited Tao and the tomboy family and entertained with them. So that was pretty neat. Oh, you made a, st yeah. uh, a statement earlier that, you know, this is this is a movie. Mm -hmm. You know, well, they made a movie, yeah. Sound of Music, but, I mean, the these guys must have been very, very popular as international entertainers. Uh, they impressed Hitler, well, you know. But uh, yeah. it's kind of like, but back home here, I wonder how, mo how I didn't know anything about them. No, no, very few people knew about them. And so I did this uh, thing back in the 2015 reunion. And I started reading about him because remember Ishmael Stagner? Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, so he was going to write a book on them. Oh, wow. And he was, um, but then Ishmael died, yeah. And this other guy had written about them. And so I thought, well, how can... Uh, but not even the family knew about him. I went to the oh, family, and, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, they know, but you know who you should get in touch with is Auntie Lonnie Akao. But by that time, Lonnie um, uh, had, you know, beginning dementia. So I talked to the um, niece, and she says, oh, well, you know who you should get in touch with is Dorian, the daughter. So uh, she gave me the number, and that's why I called Dorian and checked out all these things, and, well, is that true? Is this true? You know, that kind of stuff. But it was nice to be in touch with Dorian because um, her brother died in 2002. Her mother had died in around 1998, I think, and her father died in 2004. Wow. So she was the only one left, and, you know, she wanted to come to Kohala. I said, well, you got to come to Kohala. <laughs> but she had, um, oh. you know, mobility <laughs> problems at that time. Well, definitely but it is a story that I'm glad we're retelling the story and that uh, the people remember the contributions of uh, Rose Ka'ohu and her husband, Tao Moe. And yeah. their, 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 uh, their contribution in saving uh, people's lives at the risk of their own. Uh, yeah, that's that's quite a story. And uh, is there anything else you, you want to share before we move no, on? No, it's just that you know I think um, Kohala is such a, 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 a people love their community, but they don't realize how many great people came out of this community. You know, I talked about it the other week, but, you know, we have, uh, out of this small community, we have two uh, worldwide famous scientists, uh, two Olympians, mm -hmm. uh, multiple uh, musicians. Uh, oh, my goodness, we have all kinds of stuff. 
you know. A rich, uh, rich heritage. Yeah. Guam has a rich heritage of people in this small little end-of-the-road town, you know, a defunct yeah. plantation community. But it produced all these outstanding human beings. I mean, they're just outstanding. And yeah. Talk about and service. And I've tried to get in touch with all these um, family members, you know, uh, to give me insight on their uh, relatives, uh, father or mother or whatever. And, you know, all of them, all these people, always talk about how they love Pohala. And they all had the same kind of basic personality, which was humbleness, uh, kindness, um, this, just aloha. Mm. Aloha is so prevalent with the people of Kohala. Right uh, I just, I'm just so proud of them, and, you know, they're proud, these people are proud of being from Kohala, because, like many of them said, Kohala raised them. The people, the place raised them. So it was nice doing this project. Yeah. Was, you know, so I know in the future... Uh, you're looking to do another segment on the veterans of Kohala. That's uh, interesting stories in itself. Oh, mm. yeah. It's like... Oh, no, that's for a later favorite, time, though. Yeah, my favorite story is um, with Colin Kaholo. You know, never wanted to talk about the things that happened in, um, no, in war. No, he doesn't. He talked to you? Yeah. So I, I printed it. You know, I wrote this story, and, and everybody said, oh, he doesn't talk to anybody. No. Because, yeah, like like um, Al said, you know, the guy felt guilty, and that's what Colin said. He felt guilty that, you know, all these other people died, mm. and he was alive. You know, he lived. Yeah. But it was, um, yeah, yeah, the guilt feeling. Well, well, thank you very much for uh, calling in and sharing the story of Tao Moy and Rose Kao. And I hope that uh, for all of us that we'll always remember that, uh, yeah. especially uh, during this time of year and the sacrifices that they made. Mm. But thanks for calling in. I really okay. appreciate it. Uh, mahalo, Lani. Okay. Oh, mahalo. Yeah. Okay, you can, you can uh, listen in if you want to. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll turn on the computer. Okay, thank okay. you. Yeah, okay, you're bye. welcome. Thank you. But anyway, you know, we're talking about these people, Al. Hmm. And there's one more guy. We only got too much time. You know, yeah. one hour goes by pretty quick. No fooling. And, uh, Especially when you're having fun. Is that what it is? I don't no, know. I I'm guess. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm over here jamming up this board and making all kinds of mistakes. <laughs> well, that's fun, man. That's you know, part of it. I don't know what's going on there with me. Uh, but the story, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I remember my mother telling me uh, she remembered things. Uh, of her childhood uh, more freshly in her mind than, than what she had for breakfast, or even if she had breakfast, uh, just prior to her uh, going home. Uh, but she told me a story about when she was uh, preteen. During the war, she traveled with uh, Bing Crosby. Uh, oh, she was uh, an entertainer too. Yeah, Sonia Henning. Uh, and I thought, so who who's that? And she said, oh, that was a skater. Yeah, skater. Uh, and it was called, not the USO, it wasn't called the USO show then, but it was 
It was the Orpheum Circuit. And uh, on the train ride, she used to sit on Bing Crosby's lap, and, and he'd sing her. He'd croon her songs. Uh, he was, she was his favorite. She thought she was a German. Uh, red hair, freckles, fair skin. Not Hawaiian. He had no idea. Um, and she would relate these stories to me and everything. I, I should have wrote it or... or yeah, should have, could have, would have, didn't. Yeah, that's past. It's gone. Yeah. But I, I imagine there's a lot of people in Kohala who have family members who have participated far beyond their means. You know, there's, uh, I was a senior lifeguard at Kohala Pui 11 years. Mm. And you get to know people, you know, they come yeah. in and, you know, they sit down and talk story and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, we'd sit down and talk and I would talk to the people and whatnot, and pretty soon I'd get an idea, like uh, who I was talking to. Without you know, like, well, they're about the same age as me, mm. whatnot. Yeah, and uh, and then you know they would say uh, things that uh, I would pick up on, and uh, I'd ask them things like, "Oh, were you in Vietnam?" Uh-huh. And they'd look at me and they'd go, "Oh, yeah." Uh huh. And were you? I said, "Yeah." No fooling. And I'd say, where were you? And they tell me, oh, you know, Delta, down at Delta, or mm-hmm. up north, Coochie, whatever, you know. Yeah. And they w- would talk. Uh-huh. But they wouldn't talk about it to anybody else. They, yeah. you know, they wouldn't go around saying, oh, yeah, I'm a veteran. Uh-huh. And I would, the uh, Kuala National Guard, yeah. they would have Veterans Day, they'd put on a program, do a wonderful job wow. of honoring the veterans. But these guys, yeah, yeah, they would sit up in the stands. I would mm-hmm. see them. Uh-huh. You know, because I would go and watch. Yeah. And I'd see him sitting up in the stands, you know. Yeah. Uh, just not saying anything and whatnot. Uh-huh. But, you know, they walk amongst us. Yeah. <laughs> no fooling. <laughs> They're amongst us, but, you know, they don't say nothing. Uh, you know, my eight years at the transfer station, I, I get to, uh, like get yourself. Get to know people, yeah. You, you get, get to, to talk to people. And uh, I, I spoke to this one person from uh, mainland, visiting. He said, wow, you know... How old are you? And I, I told him my age. He said, no, nah, you can't be that old. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, the Vietnam era. And I said, yeah. He said, uh, did you participate? And I said, yeah, I was uh, up north. He said, north, like what? Well, you, this guy you're talking to. Yeah. Yeah. He asked me uh, what was my part of it. And I, I told him, well, uh, Tansanuk. He said, wow, where? I said, yeah, it's Cambodia. Tansunut is uh, Tansunut Air Force Base. Air Force Base. Yeah, that was. Uh, no, uh, Tansunut, the city, is up north, Cambodia. I uh, can't remember what was the uh, closest city, but that was anyway. Anyway, um, he said, "What what the heck were you doing there?" And I said, "Not not military. I wasn't military active. I was." Uh, active civilian uh, in place, uh, IBM. I work with IBM. He said, wow, you're pretty young. Anyway, um, but most people don't like to talk about it. I don't like the memories. I don't like anything. Uh, I don't know if they don't like to talk about it so much as they don't see it's something to talk about unless it's with another veteran. Mm. Uh, I, I knew this one guy. We sat down. We are talking. Sorry. And, you know, 
when he knew I was a veteran in country. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we got to talk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, what did you do? <laughs> and he said, oh, he was a tunnel rat. Oh, man. And uh, I looked at him and went, well, I don't think you're going to be crawling in no tunnels now. The guy picked up some weight. But he's the most humblest, nicest guy you could meet. And I thought, Whew. this guy is uh, is insane. Yeah. You know. One of the toughest jobs. <laughs> got to be insane. I mean, you got to be nuts. Yeah. And, of course, I didn't say that to him. But I, I'm thinking to myself, oh, man, you know, you got something What were you thinking? But anyway, I asked him, you know, what motivated you to do that, to go down these tunnels with uh -huh. a flashlight and a pistol? Looking you for know, a where you could barely squeeze through these. You know, Vietnamese people are not big, you know. No fooling. And, you know, he was a small guy, I'm sure, at that time. Yeah. And what he told me, yeah, I went, wow. He said, oh. I did what I did because I felt I'd be saving somebody's life. Amen. And I, I looked at it because these tunnels, yeah? Yeah. They could pop up. They're these spider holes. They pop up. Above they shoot you, you parallel, sideways. And they pop back in the tunnel. Nobody would be the wiser. Uh-huh. And he said by doing what he did, it, you know, he would, he would save somebody's life. Uh-huh. And then I looked at him. No, this guy wasn't insane. This guy is one of the most courageous bravest guy yes. I've ever met in my life. And wow. uh, he walks amongst us here in Kuala. Uh -huh. yeah. he's, uh, he's older, you know, much older yeah. now. But yeah, anyway, maybe well, one I, day. I, I didn't witness, but I've heard stories where they don't even go down. They just open a lid, pop a, a pineapple down there. And oh, they would, they would send the guys in. Oh, yeah. that's so dangerous. And he was one of the guys that would go. But anyway, oh. we've got about six minutes left. Um, I want to talk very briefly, you know, something more light okay. about Uncle Tommy. Oh, Uncle Tommy Solomon. Praise he was God. A Thank you, Uncle. Lapa'au. He was a bone setter. He would set mm. several of my bones. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, man. He would give me scolding, too. But, oh. you know, uh, he was really good at his crab, but he was also a fisherman. Yes. And I was wondering if you could share with our listeners out there uh, how to catch Nenoi. Nenoi is... They call it rudder fish. Right. Uh, yeah. We call it rubbish fish. <laughs> but there's no such thing as it's, today. It's delicious. I love it. Oh, yeah. Love, yeah. But depending on what kind of limo the fish eat. But anyway. Right. Oh. Now, he had a method of catching that fish, mm -hmm. not using hook, spear, yeah. any other kind of apparatus. Yeah. And I was wondering if you'd like to share that story uh, with our listeners before we sign off. Something okay. light, something, you know, uh, happy. I'll try to squeeze it into six minutes. Um, Five minutes. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> uh, he asked me one day, uh, you eat Nenue? And I said, yeah, you know, I like, depends on, like you said, uh, the type of limu they eat. And during the summer, they like uh, limu le poa. Oof, yeah. And that is, well, you know what it is. Yeah, it stinks. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's very strong. It leaves a pungent odor. Maybe um, iodine. So he said, uh, no, uh, just come, you know, and, and help me launch a boat, and we go outside, I'll show you how. I said, okay. So he went down to Kilkea, and he had a little dinghy. Uh, we used to use that dinghy for setting net for a coolie. And he had a gourd and a big uh, scoop net, the one the type you find in uh, 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 commercial fishing boats. And he said, okay, you go in the front, and I row. So he oared out. We went to the front of the, the Kilkia. water. Yeah, Kilkia. 
Oh, had a big school in the noise staying out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're still there. I mean, they, nah. they, that's their core. So he's uh he's chumming with uh, chopped up cuttlefish, the heads and the legs, and he's throwing it, and they're going they're going into a frenzy. So the whole ball. They're yeah, they're, they're traveling. The they're bumping yeah. the bottom of the bowl. Yeah, I mean they're just going for it. No fooling. Uh, and he says, "Okay, boy, make ready." I said, oh, "Okay, well, what? You grab the net." Oh, okay. So he opens this this gourd. And he, you know, remember his hands, how they're huge. Yeah, and yeah. His yeah. fingers would look like you got three big toes. Okay. So he, he dips in his hand in and he starts throwing this white stuff out. I don't know what it is, but it smells. And and a fish, are go, they, they're biting everything that's, that's in the water. I, I think if you threw a cigarette in, they'd bite it. Uh, but he said, okay, get ready, get ready. It's, it's going to happen. So, what, what, what's going to happen? Just get ready. So I'm holding the net, and one by one, these Nenui start floating to the top, belly out. And they swim down, and they float back up, and they swim down, and float back up. Pretty soon, they're so tired, they just float on the surface. He said, take which one you want. Just scoop them and put them in a net, put them in a boat. I'm looking at this. What, what just happened here? Ah, uh, this is how to catch Nenui the easiest way. I know how, and... and well, I, I can't share, well, we're almost off the air, but um, that is, he had such incredible fishing stories, and not stories, they are the truth, you know, he showed me, he, you have a couple about lobster, and yeah, yeah. so do I. Um, so how did you get that in there? It was uh, uh, coconut, shredded coconut. Oh, after you probably make haupia. Haupia, yeah, you, you all squeeze the all grinding. the yeah, milk. Yeah, you take all the milk. Yeah. And then they shredded coconut. He make with something, I don't know what it was, but he put it in a gourd, and you told me that he, he did it in a cracker can. Well, he used to do it in a cracker can. Yeah. And you leave them for like three days. Yeah. And the bugger comes sour. Oh, no fooling, man. And so when you're feeding the fish, they're going nuts. They're eating all they can eat. Their belly gets full. Yeah. With this sour coconut. Yeah, and, and it, it's still bubbling. Yeah, it's gassy. Yeah. And their air bladder inflates. Uh -huh. And so they cannot dive down. They cannot they dive down. The they come back right up. Right? Oh, I did that in 30 seconds, and you took only like <laughs> five minutes. Well, hey, uh, not everybody knows what we know, okay? Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, Thank you for allowing me this, man. I, it brings back memories. Wow. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about memories. I, I just wanted to do that Memorial Day at Spencer Park, so mm. everybody knows the story. No, you get the Mo'olelo, yeah? You get the... Yeah. You know, what's the history, yeah? Small so, you don't know, go off, don't go off key and, oh, we've got to change this or we got to change that. Oh. You know, find out what's the story behind it. You know, yeah. what's the backstory? Yeah. You know, Spencer Park, uh, my great-great-granduncle gave uh -huh. that land to the yeah. people so yeah. they could have a, a beach park for And it, it's for been changed kids. over the years, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, was, yeah. was this, not that, and, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this suit somebody like, else's purpose. Yeah, you know. Wow. That's when my niece said, oh, no, what's the story? I went, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, you need to know the story yeah. so that uh, you don't make these assumptions. Yeah, no fooling. And, you know. Anyway, time's up, Al. Okay. Uh, Kavika, I mean. Kavika. <laughs> I want to thank you for uh, being here this evening and thank you folks for listening. Sorry for all the uh, excuse and jam-ups on the board. I don't know. Every time I, I get nervous when i got to run the phone. I Follow my right. eye. Please be kind. Yeah. Yeah.
But anyway, Al, uh, what words of wisdom would you have for today's youth? Words of wisdom. I don't know. I'm not too smart to begin with. Well, uh, you know, I'm I'm probably the dullest knife in a one knife uh, box. But uh, the truth, as I said earlier, is the truth. No matter if you believe it or not, it doesn't change until it is changed. It becomes untruth. Good night, people. Have a good one. Oh, my God. What was that? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll see you next Thursday. We're going to have Alohi Naikachi. Oh, shoot. Yeah. She did this wonderful study on coastal preservation. She's a university student. Oh, okay. And she's been doing having these seminars. Yeah. And she's going to be on the program. Uh, she's going to be talking about, you know, what I think is really important is coastal preservation. Mm. Uh, we've been t- missing each other, you know, the schedules haven't worked out, but this is coming next Thursday. She's going to be talking about it. I think it's going to be really interesting because one of the questions I'm going to ask her with all her studies on coastal preservation all that, yeah, is there yeah. hope because things are looking bleak? Yes. I mean, very bleak for what Honestly. for what we knew when we were diving. Uh, it ain't the same at all. No way. Okay, Kohala, aloha, and mahalo. And uh, let's see. We'll see you uh, next Thursday. This is Aloha Country. KNKRLP. FM Go Holla!